Hello, and welcome to Batcast 66. It's the podcast where we watch an episode of the 1966 Batman TV show and talk about it. My name's Kendall. And I'm Scott. Today we're talking about the cat and the fiddle. It's the second part of the uh, Catwoman return story. Mm-hmm. Although maybe, depending on your take on the Catwoman of this show, maybe... She's already returned once. Who knows? When last we left the dynamic duo, they were strapped to these human-sized grills uh, on top of a building and had giant magnifying glasses placed over them. Uh, they were going to be cooked. Yeah, they uh, they were they were a little hot under the collar, as it were. Yes. So yeah. So and- how? Kendall, how do they get out of this one? Oh my god, I was so excited. I was so excited too. So there's an eclipse. Which, uh, which you know, normally in this episode, like this show, like, oh, of course, that's the Deus Ex Machina that always comes out of nowhere that gets them. But they set that up in like a little throwaway thing in the first episode. Yeah. So when they're I, when they're talking about they're they're using the telescope, they're talking about the next day there was going to be an eclipse. A solar eclipse uh and you know they showed a scene at night last episode and this is the next day yeah i love i loved the setup and pay pay off here so yeah while they have the uh, moment moments reprieve from the heat uh they're able to kind of use their feet to like move their like magnifying glasses uh batman does the calculations uh in such a way that it burns off one of their like straps on their wrists yeah and they're able to like free themselves but I do like that if you're off by one degree, uh, it'll turn your hand to ash. Yeah, which is, that's insane. That was scary, man. I was on the edge of my seat. Could you imagine if, like, Robin lost a hand in this episode? That would have been crazy. Yeah, Robin admits that he was a little bit scared, but Batman said he had no fear at all. Which, I think that's a lie. Yeah, I mean, it seems a little pompous. Yeah. I mean, I think they have a little conversation there, like, because we always get out of these, like, crazy death traps. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and he said he believes it's not because they're smarter than their enemies, but because their hearts are pure. Yeah, which I was like, okay. It's like the narrator said something like that, and it's like, for the narrator, I'm like, all right, whatever. But, like, for Batman to say that, I was like, all right, that's a little much. Yeah, I kind of loved it though. Yeah, I think I would prefer that they were like because villains are have, have so much ego that like they don't even think that there's a way you can get out of these things, so they don't think about the details or like or they're never prepared for someone to like challenge their things. Like, because it would have gone to the whole be prepared thing. Uh, that's kind of a through line in the last episode and a little bit in this one. True. Um. But I think that's asking for more than uh, they wanted to put into these shows. But yeah, Batman and Robin are free. They're free. They go back to the Batcave, and in a line that I must, I I must have missed. Yeah, she said it in the middle of their like her gloating when they were strapped to the grills. She mentioned something about going to Mount Gotham, and I was thinking about it because uh, there's a Mount Gotham in the Christmas with the Joker, the animated series episode. Uh, that we did for Christmas, uh, 2023. Um, and we were like, man, that's a, like the lamest name you could have picked. <laughs> but then Batman mentions like, 
because Robin's like, I've never heard of that. I must brush up on my geography. And Batman's like, there is no Mount Gotham. I'm like, ooh. Mysterious. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, why would she say that then? I don't know. Yeah, so Batman theorizes that, like, it must mean, like, a man-made mountain, so, like, a skyscraper. And, like, the tallest building is, what, the Gotham State Building or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, whatever she's doing must be there, and then they have to go investigate that. Uh, so, yeah, they head over there, and uh, they're driving over. And oh, they uh, you know I love this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They yeah, park so. on the street, and uh, Batman stops Robin, and he's like, wait a minute. A nickel for the parking meter. And Robin's like, they're not going to take it to Batmobile. And Batman has a whole conversation about, like, it's not just, it's not about that. It's about the, the nickel pace for, like, our roads and all of these things. Like, I was like, I, I love that. I love this version of Batman when he does this stuff so much. Robin says, holy taxation or something like that. Which is why we knew about death and taxes existing in their, their day-to-day lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A reference to the last episode. Yeah. So the duo go inside and they ask, I don't know this man's role. So he's like the building manager or like, he's just like the guy in charge of like what happened to the building. They say it's 102 stories tall. So I'm assuming a lot of stuff's happening. I gotta imagine it's mostly like offices and stuff. Yeah, I would guess so. Uh, but Batman asks if anything particularly, particularly special is happening there today. The building manager's just like, oh, there's a, a the penthouse is rent, rented out for a party by uh, someone named Zubin Zucchini. Yeah, and I was like, that's got to be a made up name, right? Oh, did you look it up? No, that's just this guy's real name. Like, well, like the character's real name, apparently. Yeah, so I guess it. Yeah, it's made up. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah. Well, yeah, he's not a real person. He's not a real <laughs> person named that. But I was like, that, like, that's like PN Gwyn. Like, that's got to be like a, a an alias in the show. No, he's real. There's some rich guy named Zubin Zucchini. Yeah, he's a sulfur tycoon. Yeah, I was going to ask how he made his money. I remember they said it, but yeah, it was he was a sulfur tycoon. Yeah, and but, he started like a match company. I with that name, I assumed he like made some sort of deal with like vegetables. Well, or it's going to be like a vegetable themed like villain. Uh, Zucchini's house. All right. So Batman and Robin find this out. So we flash forward some unspecified amount of time. And we cut to Zubin Zucchini's mansion. And it's being staked out by a couple of Catwoman's goons. I think just the two remaining goons. Yeah. And they radioed a Catwoman that he's... uh, He's left in an armored truck. So then we cut to Catwoman. And she's outside of a house with uh, her theatrical makeup kit with like her name on it. Yeah, it's like it's like theatrical makeup by Catwoman. And like her name's like as big as anything else. (laughs) I know. So my first thought was like, is she trying to like sell like some sort of fake makeup thing or something? I'm like, there's. I was like, what? Because she's like a, like a door-to-door salesman sort of situation. Yeah, so Catwoman like knocks on the door of uh, a Miss Minerva, Minerva Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. These are, they, Minerva Matthews and Zubin Zucchini have very uh, Stanley names. Yeah, It's alliterative. And she answers the, the door and 
Catwoman's like, are you Minerva Matthews, the famously wealthy yeah. recluse or something like that? Yeah, because they always keep referring to her as a recluse. But like, yeah, she just says it straight up to her like, hey, are you this exposition? Yeah. And then yeah. like Catwoman gasses her and like, it doesn't show, but we cut away from that to Minerva's front door again. Mm-hmm. It's knocked on by the driver of an armored car. Yeah, a new a second armored car. And Minerva answers, uh, but you know, we the viewer can assume that it's Catwoman in disguise. Now, question. Yes. Did Julie Newmar play Minerva in that first scene? I think so, because they look exactly the same. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't show both of their faces. At the yeah, scene. you only see it, like, over Catwoman's shoulder. Yeah. Which I got to imagine all these people have stunt doubles and stuff, too. Oh, for sure. So I'm sure that's probably what it was. Yeah, I was just curious about that. I don't know for a fact, but I would bet dollars to donuts that that was the case. So we get a little more of a Catwoman being a woman here. Yeah, and less of a cat. So she's dressed as Minerva. Who's this old lady? Mm-hmm. Like a cartoon old lady. Yeah. Like Aunt May style. Like like 1960s Aunt May style. Yeah. And the driver of the armored car is this handsome man. His name is uh, Ralph Stephalakakas, something like that. He's got um, a very strange name. They make a point of saying it out. Yes, it's Stephalakakas, Ralph Stephalakakas. But he's played by James Brolin. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I think this was his first role, if I remember if my research is correct. That's crazy. Famous for uh, many roles. My favorite being uh, Special Agent Pee Wee Herman in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, that's the best one. And if you don't know him, you know his son, Josh Brolin, uh, from the Goonies, and he's also Thanos. You're a Thanos. Yeah. Um, oh, he's, he's a very prolific actor. Yeah. Oh, apparently he was in Lightyear. I didn't watch that movie. Yeah, I didn't watch that movie. I don't. Care. Yeah. But yeah. So Catwoman's like crushing on this handsome guy who would grow up to become special agent Pee Wee Herman. And yeah, she finds out he's like married with kids, which like you see her like disappointment. Yeah. So as soon as she becomes Minerva. They do a lot to like characterize Catwoman in a way that like they don't they've never done with like any of the main villains. Um, I mean, obviously, she's still talking to her goons. She's like, oh, that's my grandson. He likes to play cops and robbers. And, she, you know, so she plays into like that. She's the bad guy and is like talking about plan B or whatever. But uh, did Batman already get to because I because um, Zubin Zucchini already got to the Gotham building by this point, I believe. Right. Yeah, I feel like they're going to get, or he'll get there soon, sooner or later. Because what was the reason they called her? Was it that Batman was like showed up because? Oh, no, they called her because, so yeah, someone must have like gone to the roof to like clean up the dead bodies because they're like, oh shit, like Batman and Robin didn't die. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Because yeah, she said something about like plan B in this scene. Which, you know what, that's kind of like a fun little scene to have gotten, where it's like, oh yeah, we actually tried to clean out like our death trap. Yeah. And they weren't there, like, uh uh-oh. 
Um, but yeah, no, I like Catwoman like being characterized beyond her like just being a cat person. Yeah, being this like freak who just like wants money and cat related things. Yeah. Yeah, because the, she's got the armor truck there. She's bringing what five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, five hundred thousand for whatever this meeting is. You know. So, uh, yeah, Zubin Zucchini arrives at the the building, and he goes up to the the top floor. Uh, and Catwoman arrives shortly after. Yes, the five hundred thousand dollars, and she gets in the building. She well, no, before used... she get before she gets in the building, she takes the sack that says five hundred thousand uh, dollars, and gives her driver some of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She gives him a thousand dollars because he's gr- talking gratuity. about like he's yeah. going to night school to become an accountant. Yeah, because he needs money for his family. Yeah, and that's when she finds out he's like married, and she's like disappointed at that. Yeah, but uh, so. I really liked that she did that because I think I prefer when Catwoman is more of an anti-hero where it's like, she's not a bad guy, you know? Yeah. Or she's not like evil. Yeah. And like, even though she just got half a million bucks, like that's not what her score is. So like, this is kind of just a means to an end for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of her. Well, I mean, it's a nice bonus as we discover, but yeah. She can spare what we find out was a thousand dollars. I assumed it was a hundred dollar bill, but yeah, which in 1966 money still a lot of money. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, so yeah, she gets to the building, disables the elevator. Once she gets up to the top, and then she starts meowing for her goons to just like appear. Yeah, I kind of like that. She also gets to play with a really fun prop or piece of set design where like in a wall panel, there's a giant switch to turn off the elevators. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Giant switches are always fun. It's also like, why would they make that? I mean, you got to have an on and off switch somewhere. Yeah, but why a giant like Frankenstein like kind of switch like at the top of the building? Who knows, dude? Yeah. It is wild that it's at the top of the building. I don't get me wrong. I thought it was I, I enjoyed it. it. I thought it was funny. And and if I was a kid, I would not have thought twice about it. Yeah. I mean, I will say I work in an old apartment building. Mm-hmm. And there's a room full of switches like that in the basement. Yeah, but I'll say it's usually like the basement, and it's like for a bunch of other things too. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, just saying those things are around. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was silly and funny. Uh, Batman and the cops arrive at the Gotham State Building. Yeah, it was Commissioner Gordon. Was uh, Chief O'Hare there too? Yeah, he was there too. And there was just like regular cops as well. Yeah, and they're all gonna wait down there to like catch the bad guys. Should they? Well, I think. They were going to go up to the pen, like the the hundred and second floor, to like catch them, but that's when they find out that the elevators are out, and Batman's like, "We don't have time to go up the stairs because like we'll get my men up the stairs." That's a lot of stairs to walk up. Yes. Um. Yeah. Also, it's here where like they kind of reveal like what's going on. 
Yeah, because because so, yeah, we saw Zub and Zucchini like with two. I I didn't realize what they were, but it was like two weirdly shaped like briefcases. Um, yeah, but it's it's two violins. Did they say specifically like what kind they were? Because I don't um, know if they're like a real type of violin. They didn't say like Stradivarius or something. Like I know what that is. I I don't know if they said the style, but basically it's the the strings on the violin are made from like cat vocal cords. Yeah, as they used to make violin strings from like cat parts. Yeah, and they mentioned that like the way they're constructed, like the only way they can like be out is that like. They have to be at that like 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 altitude for like pressure and humidity, like some goblin. Yeah, because the, well, they're basically yeah. these ones are like antiques. Yeah, and they haven't been like out of their containment in like thirty years or something. Like I said, yeah, which like and they're, and they're worth like like bullshit, but and I think they were worth like several million dollars. Well, so he was selling them to Minerva for five hundred thousand dollars. I think they mentioned that they're worth more than that. Well, Commissioner Gordon says, like, oh, between the merchandise and the cash, like, Catwoman's looking to get away with, like, a million dollars worth of things. Okay, I I, I took that as the violins were worth a million dollars. So, no. okay, make, that makes sense. And that is essentially she's paying the, the, the going rate for them. And then she yes. then gets them to sell them. Okay. But her, her deal was still a, a million dollars. Yeah, because she wasn't going to pay the money. She was going to take the money. Well, too. I know eventually she's like, well, I'm not giving you the money. I'm just, you know, because I'm a super villain. Like, yeah. So her end game was like a million dollars worth of things. Okay. And like half of it she could sell and half of it would be stuff she couldn't fence because they'd be too hot and recognizable like that's the problem with like people that steal like famous pieces of art is like you can't really sell them to anybody yeah but i don't think like doesn't cat woman just collect cat shit i guess like i, I feel guess like that's more like half a million dollars is still pretty good yeah oh minus a thousand yeah whatever <laughs> but yeah so you know, Chief O'Hara offers to have, like, the men go up the stairs. And Batman's like, we don't have time for that. And he, then he remembers the bat jets that they were working on. I was so excited. Again, I love that they set up all of this stuff, like, in this story. I appreciate that they set up the stuff. I, I guess I was kind of disappointed in the bat jets. Well, because they're, like... I wasn't exactly sure what they were at first because they look like road flares. Like, well, those aren't like they can't be like like jetpack jets, you know, because they're like kind of like little tubes. But uh, you know, he 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 gets them now. Remember, they didn't they haven't tested these before. That's so true. He he climbs on top of an elevator and puts them on the bottom and sets them off so he could rocket up to the top floor. I'm like. Man, I hope he's able to stop those. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Like, is he just gonna shoot out the roof? Um, I do love Adam West's like G-force acting in this scene. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like it's very like when you watch like Star Trek the Next Generation without like the shaky cam. 
Yeah, where the cameras don't shake, but they still move. Yeah, because like, yeah. they get hit by a photon torpedo or something. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's at this point where I'm like, I didn't catch this at first. Yeah. So we never see Zucchini's face this whole time. I was going to bring this up because I was really embarrassed that I didn't even realize that Batman wasn't with Robin. Well, yeah. So I'm like, I was one, I was like, where the fuck is Robin? And it wasn't until this next scene that I was like, oh shit. Because that's when I also realized that they've been hiding his face too. Yeah. So yeah, we cut into the room and it's Zucchini and Minerva talking to each other. But in case you weren't able to tell from our little exchange, uh, it's not Zucchini at all. Yeah, like she's playing the the violin, you know, inspecting the merchandise, as it were. She mentioned she's going to take him and then take the money. And then she revealed because she reveals she's Catwoman. Oh, no, because first he's like, you're a thousand bucks short. And she's like, oh, what's a thousand? She's like, it's my, you know, now it's my money. Like, you you know, you weren't supposed to, you tip him with your money, not mine. That's when she reveals she's fat Catwoman and she's just going to steal all of this stuff anyway. And that's when Zucchini takes his disguise off and he was robbing the whole time. Which I was like, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, that was very cool. I really enjoyed that. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. They're like, they'll get the old man civilian out of the way. They eventually revealed that the violins were decoys anyway. It's like that they were never really in danger. But like, yeah, they have a, a an actual trap set for. Her. I mean, if things went bad and Batman couldn't get him, like, you know, Robin might have to fight Catwoman and everyone by himself. So, you know, it was a dangerous thing for Robin to do, too, which is cool. Yeah, I I thought it was very cool. Um, I love when they let Robin do some things separate of Batman. Yeah, I I, I thought it was awesome. And again, because I, I don't know why I didn't see it coming either. And I was like, oh, like I figured it out right before it happened. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, ditto. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, but they haven't shown his face. And I was like, oh, wait, Robin wasn't with Batman. And it was just like I put two and two together. And then there's <laughs> Robin. I was like, oh, that's really fun. So good on the show. Like, that was a, a fun twist I didn't see coming as in, like, an adult. So as a kid, it would have really blown my mind. Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like as a kid, especially, like, I would especially like this these episodes, this story. Oh yeah, this is a fun one. This is this was like this one's way up my alley. My alley cat. Hey. So yeah, from hiding uh Catwoman's two goons and Jack O'Shea. Yeah, the reporter from the first half. Yeah, who I totally forgot about because he's hasn't been in this episode yeah. until now. They come out of hiding to like jump Robin. Wait, we forgot before Batman gets up, like it's in the elevator to go up there. Uh, they're looking up at the side of the building, right? Oh, yeah. And they're like, what is that? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? And I was like, all right. I think that's really fun that they reference Superman in the show. It is fun for sure. Because, yeah, Superman obviously already had like television shows and was like, he is a character before Batman. But like, ah, uh, yeah, that was that was neat. I really like that because obviously he's not going to show up in the series, but it was really cool. I That's like the fun kind of like Easter egg thing where like 
I enjoy it, especially in a show like this where you don't really do that. Like at most, you might get like a mention that the Riddler exists in a non-Riddler episode. Yeah, it doesn't do much to like acknowledge. Because like, I feel like even at this time, the comics were barely like acknowledging the fact that it was like, like crossovers, of course, happened. Well, like they had World's Finest for years, you know, going on. Like Batman and Superman being a thing together is is is, is very old. Yeah, I know. Those two needing each other, but like oh, yeah, it was a it was a thing in the comics. That was like something that never happened in uh that didn't happen until the Zack Snyder movies, like in other meet well they've met each other in cartoons, I should say that, like eventually. Like super- yeah, but what what I'm saying is, even in the comics of this time, like even though those characters meet, it like doesn't really mean anything. Like, oh yeah, and it's like, like things Batman that and Detective in Comics book yeah. don't affect yeah. Batman. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're 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 sort of separate things, but like they did have a, a comic that was exclusively Batman and Robin and Superman to themselves, so they didn't really need to do that. I'm sure there's some references to some other character like to each other's characters offhandedly at some point in those comics from the time but like yeah oh, like you said it wasn't it wasn't like it's like it is now we're like oh gotham got hit with an earthquake and is declared no man's land they'll reference that in other dc comics yeah or at the very least like superman will show up in an issue of batman to deal like help deal with that or whatever You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's fun when you get these like references back then for sure. Yeah. Because like it's better. It's better so than so much more back then. Yeah, and like it was better than like this is why Superman works alone in Batman and Robin and like. Yeah. Also, by that time, like Batman and Superman like movies and stuff got real bad. So. Oh yeah. Like that's. Um... That's hardly the worst part of that movie, but like I remember, I remember even as a kid being kind of like, eh, on that when he said that. Was it that was in a Batman was, and Robin? It was Batman and Robin? I'm positive. I'm positive it was George Clooney that said it because yeah. it was after like Robin was like, "It's the car, chicks dig the car," or whatever. He's like, "This is." What, I think it's. I think it was the setup. Like that was just dumb. I think in a different movie, I would have liked that. Like super. Uh, I think in a different scenario, I would have liked that line. Oh yeah, that so, scene was just cringy. But even that, yeah, that's like yeah. that's kind of fun too, because like yeah, whatever. It's like yeah, like what does that even mean? Is Superman like real in that like continuity, or is he a comic he just, book? Yeah, is he just referencing him from pop culture? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could believe Superman was real in that world because, like, especially that movie, like Poison Ivy has like a giant Audrey two thing, and like all these crate, like Mister Freeze is happening so like yeah but then in that like crazy sci-fi is like part of that world now yeah like in batman and batman returns like yeah it's heightened but like there's nothing like supernatural about like those characters except catwoman has nine lives well yeah she survives that fall and like a lot of shit yeah like she like has nine lives. Like that's like a textual part of the movie. It's so weird. See, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. What they talk about it the whole movie. But I don't know. I thought that was just making like cat jokes. 
I know she survives like whatever happened at, with the there was like an explosion at the end. Yeah, but I don't know. I I listen to our episode on Batman Returns where we get into that much more deeply. I do not like that version of Catwoman, and I do not like that movie. But we have varying differing opinions on that, which is right. fine. Anyway, back yeah. to this. Batman finally gets to the top. Uh, as Jack O'Shea and the goons are about to throw Robin out the window. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of defenstration in this episode. Yeah, they just like want to like throw people off of buildings. I mean, one of my favorite things to in like movies and stuff is when people get thrown through windows and like just go smashing through glass. Like the scene in RoboCop where like he just throws a criminal back and forth through like seven windows is one of the best scenes of any movie I've ever seen. Oh God. I must have wa- asked this question um, yeah. from you. D- have you seen danger five? No, I don't remember that. Oh God. You gotta watch it. All right. I'll pull it up. What is, what is it? Um, God, it's like about this, like, uh, like government superhero squad during World War II. Well, the first season's during World War II and the second season's during the 80s. And they're like chasing Adolf Hitler. I have it pulled up. It's an Australian show from 2012. Yeah, you've not brought this up to me. Um, uh, This looks way up my alley. It's pretty perfect. And it's... I mean, this show, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't an influence in some way. But yeah, basically every episode is this like stock footage shot of like Hitler running through, like jumping through a window to like get away from Danger 5. Yeah, I got to look this up. I got to see where it's streaming. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it says it's on Netflix. So, okay. Ooh, there's five brand new audio stories from the original cast in 2020 that via Audible. Interesting. Maybe I'll check that out. But yeah, I might watch start watching this when we're done recording. You should. Anyway, where are we in the episode? Oh, yeah. Batman, Batman just showed up. Yeah. From, yeah. Well, like, okay. They're about to throw Robin out the window. Yeah, he's like and- half out, right? Batman appears and he's like, don't throw Robin out the window. I'm, I'm going to beat you up. No, I think he says something like, let him go. And I always thought they were going to be like, okay, and throw him out the window. Because they're doing that thing where they're like kind of doing him back and forth to build up momentum. Yeah. But instead they like throw him across the table at Batman. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, if you would have just thrown him out the window. He'd be dead. And like, yeah, he'd be out of the picture. And yeah, then, like the three of the three of you could like team up against Batman. Yeah, but instead but, uh, you're like giving yourself another opponent. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we get a brawl here. Well, right before the brawl happens, I I didn't write down what Robin said, but he says something grammatically incorrect, and then Batman corrects him and mentions the mission's good bat. Like you know, just should still have good grammar, which oh. again is something I'm very into. Yeah, it was like it was something like uh you won't get away with it that easy and then Batman's like it's that easily. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I love that. Meanwhile, 
Catwoman is trying to start a getaway rocket. Yeah, well, they revealed how they were going to get out because I think Robin was like, how are you guys going to escape? We're up so high up and you destroyed the, you stopped the elevators. But like every, Batman and everyone's going to be waiting downstairs. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's... just behind this curtain, they have a giant rocket that says getaway rocket with like four seats on it. It's pretty good. It's great. So anyway, there's a fight and... They, like, smash a statue over each other a couple times. They keep like almost throwing Batman and Robin like out the window. Because remember, they have to keep doing like a, a different shot of them, like over like a footage of like the street, like down below. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Again, Catwoman's just kind of sitting on the rocket. She's trying to get it to start. Like it's got like a push start and like it's making like engine, like can't turn over sounds. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But yeah, slowly uh, but surely all the goons get like knocked out and Catwoman like runs outside like on the ledge of the building to try to escape somehow yeah not really sure what her plan is she's also like carrying both violins and the bag of cash yeah and she she goes quite quite a ways away from the window and then, like, it's like, oh, shit, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Yeah, because Batman, you know, he's like, I got to save her because, you know, she's still a person. Yeah. And uh, so he throws her the bat ropes, like, tie it to your waist, drop the, you know, drop the stuff. It's fake. They're fake violins and the police will get the money or whatever. Yeah. Um. So she does. She drops all the stuff and ties the rope around her waist and begins making her way back. Mm hmm. Uh, but then she falls and is hanging. Oh, so good thing. Pat- and Batman had already tied the other end to like the table. Yes. So yeah, because that, that slides forward to the window and like he's able to use it to stop it, stop her from falling farther. Yeah. So Batman starts like pulling her up and then Jack O'Shea gets up. Yeah. And pushes Batman out the window. Yeah, unfortunately he's able to grab onto Catwoman. Yeah. And then I think Robin just knocks him out, right? Yes. Yeah, and then Robin's trying to pull them up. But while, you know, Batman and Catwoman are there, she's like, well, you, you tried saving me. It's worth, you know, they like start getting a little more flirtatious with each other. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Again, I know that's like a big part of like Catwoman's like inherent design. And because she's the main villain, it doesn't really bother me. Because especially since she's not going to be like, love of Batman's made me reformed. No, yeah. But like, I do like this. This is definitely the most tasteful this has like been. Yeah. Because yeah, she's not gonna reform. She just like and like as we see in the next scene, it's like this like weird, freaky thing. Yeah, it has it has a it has an energy to it. Uh they they clearly have chemistry together, but like, you know, basically they're like, well, if only you were a bad guy, if only you were a good guy, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So obviously now they they've captured everyone. They've got Catwoman. Yeah. So we flash forward. It's, I assume, a couple weeks later. It's after the trial. Yeah, she mentioned Batman testifying against her in, in court, which I guess he's got to do that with everybody. He makes and again because he's like a deputized part of like the law, even though he has a secret identity, he can have his testimony and stuff. 
yeah. and his actions are like admissible in court. You know, um, I will say like that line delivery was funny. Like this whole scene's funny because like Catwoman's like talking as if Batman is like her like estranged lover lover. Mm-hmm. And she's she's just like, it was really nice how you testified against me in court. <laughs> it was the delivery is very good. Um Yeah. I think they've mentioned in other episodes like Batman testifying in court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they have. That's not the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I, I know it's not. I'm just I'm just pointing that out. Um but yeah, and then like <laughs> Catwoman goes up to Batman and like you think she's gonna kiss him. Yeah. And she like leans in and just like well first nuzzles. she yeah she nuzzles his face like a cat. Well first she asks if she can get close because the cops and stuff are there. Batman's like I'll allow it, but like, yeah then she like edges him. That was pretty funny. Yeah, and just like so weird, and it like makes me so okay with this. Yeah, um, because I have what they say because. You know this because this is kind of how it's like left. Commissioner Gordon turns to Batman. He's like, "Oh, why, Batman? Are, are you blushing?" Which Batman answers, <clears throat> "It's the heat of the day, Commissioner. Unseasonably warm, don't you think?" Because he's trying to play off that like he was into it. Yeah, so good. But you know, I'm sure the next time they meet, uh, she'll try to murder him again. So, yeah, I'm curious of like what's gonna go go down here. Yeah, so this brought in a lot more, like, I feel like we're modern elements of Catwoman. Yes. Um, Which I I kind of like, but I do like the first time we were around, like, she's just a bad guy. And it wasn't really, like, this flirtatious element with Batman. Like, just as a change of pace, I like that as something different. I do like her relationship with Batman in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, she's supposed like she's designed to be like the femme fatale, and that's a part of that trope. Um, and I like that she genuinely gave that guy money. Um, yeah, I mean, it's because she like had a crush on him, but like, but still, like she didn't have to do that. She's a bad guy. Yeah, um, and also like, yeah, like it's like, oh, he's like unavailable, and he'll never know it was me, Catwoman, doing this. I mean, I'm sure he read about it after the fact. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Yeah. But like she didn't know she was gonna be caught, you know? Fair enough. I wonder if you had to give that money back if they found out about it. Because she, she did tell Robin about tipping that guy money. Uh that would be really fucked up of Robin, but I didn't think about though that till just now. Like, yeah. Oh man, there's such sticklers for the rules in this. That like I want to say that like think that they would be cool, you know what? I bet Bruce Wayne would have put his own thousand bucks to to reimburse the real Minerva. Maybe, I that's that's what I'm choosing to believe. <laughs> you know, because that guy did nothing wrong. Yeah, as far as he knows, like that was legitimate. 
Except he did birth the person who destroyed half the universe. Well, maybe Batman was in the half that died. Maybe. Um. So yeah, uh, we got some responsibilities as far as Catwoman's plot. Yes. Um. What did you think of her plan? So I thought it was pretty good. I did like that she was like training an elite force of cat burglars, although I don't know why. Yeah, they, it's weird that that was a thing, and then they never really like elaborated on it or be, or it became a thing. I like that a lot of stuff in the story was set up. I love that a lot of things in the story were set up. Yeah, although that doesn't that's that goes into the enjoyment of the episode, not. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's it's funny that that was like the thing that wasn't. Yes. It was also in the narrator's like last episode. She had a she was a school marm or whatever. Like yeah. that doesn't really play out in the story at all. Like it's just kind of weird that that was a thing. Like if that wasn't there and they were just like her cat burglars, like it would make no difference. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean her plan was pretty good. Yeah, uh, if she had a, if she had paid attention to the astrolo- the astrological or astronomical uh, goings on in our our, our our wider world, she might have realized that her death trap was bad, and then probably done a different one. Yeah, and then she would have got away with it. Well, I don't know. Her rocket wouldn't get away, but they wouldn't know to have the police even be there. So even if the rocket like, didn't go off, they could have clue just... about Mount Gotham. Yeah. That was also like weird enough that like they may not have figured it out. But again, they were also expecting them to be dead. Yeah. I don't know. I I do think it was a pretty good plan, though. I mean, I'm thinking the three, just based on like other threes we've given. Yeah, I could go for a three. Yeah, like, I don't think she would have been stopped by normal... Like, if Batman wasn't there, the regular police wouldn't have gotten her. Um, She almost got Batman a couple of times. Um, If her rocket went off, they would have been fine and just got away. That's true. You know? Um. Like, even even with, like, Batman stuff going wrong. Like, yeah, the, the violins would have been fake, but she still would have had the money. But I, don't, I I really enjoyed these episodes. Um, I don't know if they're my favorites. I'd have to sit down and really like think about them. But like they're in contention. It kind of had like a lot of stuff I, I would really want to see in uh, Batman sixty six episodes. It was really fun. There was a lot of a lot of set pieces. Like this episode felt pretty expensive, especially compared to the Archer episodes. Um, there was lots of sets, like elaborate sets and props. Um, Catwoman was a lot of fun in it. Like it was the right level of campy, but like still the right level of like, like story and like characterization and things. I don't know. I I I really enjoyed it. I mean, top of the heap for season two so far, but that's only you know one of two episodes we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. But um, next week we've got the minstrel, so we have that to look forward to. 
I wonder what that could be about. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, we use this this thing called the Bat Book to, like, go back on it. And, like, there's five villains on the back. Cesar Romero's Joker. Makes sense. Then it's, like, Egghead. One of the Mr. Freezes, the Archer, and the Minstrel. It's, like, couldn't even do the Penguin. You know, they're trying to sell this book. Like, I, if I was a casual person, I would, like, not know who, like, at least two of these characters are. I mean... I don't know, but like for me, <laughs> when I bought that book, I was just like, that. Those are kind of the characters I want to know most about. All right, fair. Like, and and that book came out after the show, so like, I get using show specific characters. Fair enough. I mean, it has I'm Batman really and Robin excited right to get to Egghead. Egghead's still a few episodes away. He's like five, four episodes. I'm I'm counting them as like couplets, so it's like you know really like ten. Yeah, so that'll be fun. All right, so yeah. the Let's see how it goes. I'm excited. I mean, I'll give it a shot. Like I've been surprised by uh, characters that seem like they might be like lame, uh, and then they're being really cool. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of like the. That's what's kind of special about this show. Like, it's definitely not written by, like, fans. It's still that early generation. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, TV writers, like, working on this. And, like, while it's possible they, like, read a Batman comic or two when they were kids, like, it's, like... It's not like how, like, Batman the Animated Series, they're like, oh, we have to do, like, interpretations of these classic Batman stories. Yeah, they're, they're like, Batman the Animated Series is pulling material from, like, classic bits of me. And, like, it pulls material from this show, too. Yeah. But, like, this show, it's just like, okay, we have our, like, source material in, like, the most basic sense. Yeah, and like we did talk about him that some stuff is from the comics, but like it's probably also just like, yeah, I, I don't get the feeling, like I feel the feeling that they wanted to make a good show, but I do get yes. the, it's, it's not like it was made today where like, it's also not like the fan base is like, it, it's just the regular fan base in general is different now. Yeah. You know, like we, we have different expectations. Yeah, stupid expectations. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, maybe. I'm not gonna throw a lot of stupid, but like people, people do not like this tone for Batman in in general. People don't care when they do Batman in like a lighter tone. I like both ways, and I think again that we talked about it. I think that's a very big strength of the character is that uh, sure. you're malleable for like different kinds of audiences and genres. But, like, even in, like, an adaptation sense, like, audiences these days are like, oh, well, like, this isn't, like, a proper adaptation of, like, this specific story. Like, I don't know. This, like, show allows for, like, a little bit of creativity and, like, acknowledgement that they're, like, making this for the screen and not for a comic book page. Yeah. Like, I can't see Bookworm being created today. Oh, yeah. And that was awesome. 
That was great. Great character. And like so much of that is like allowing the fact that like this character is now played by an actor. So like, let's let the actor do their thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like made for the medium at the time. Yeah. And that's why we can get like three different Catwoman's cat. Yeah. And like, it doesn't bother me if they did that. I mean, recasting in general doesn't really bother me. Like, I know people are freaking out because, like, the guy who played Kang the Conqueror got fired because he's a a, a a criminal creepoid. But, like, he's also, like, a multiverse thing. So, like, you could just have a different guy be Kang. You don't have to scrap what you're doing. Not that I particularly care about the MCU anymore, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, but also, like, yeah, they've already recasted people. Like, Yeah, there's been two Hulks. There's been two roadies. Like, whatever. Yeah. I get why they didn't want to recast T'Challa, but you know, yeah, you can work that. There's been other Black Panthers like in the comics, like that's not a, and in the and in the movie too, there was two Black Panthers. Yeah, so it's like whatever. Not I'm not trying to downplay Chadwick Boseman's death. I'm just saying like people need to get over like recastings and stuff. Yeah, and also like I don't who cares. Also, how many cinematic Batman have we had, like in th- in the last thirty years? Yeah, well, like six, I can think of. Didn't they all come back in that show, or in that movie? Oh, Flash! I don't know. I didn't watch that. That looked like butt cheeks from a mile away. Was the Adam West in that movie? I don't. I remember hearing that they wanted to get some of the Adam West stuff, but I think they couldn't get the likeness rights. Like families wouldn't sign off. I know they're trying to have Cesar Romero's Joker. I don't know if Adam West's Batman was in it, but Michael Keaton was there, and he's old and CGI, and like shot and lit horribly because that Batman suit was made for a very specific vision, and like it's kind of a bad Batman costume. When you see, I'm just wondering if we have to watch that movie for this podcast. I mean, we could talk about it sometime. I really don't want to. I would rather watch a lot of other Batman movies just because that movie's called The Flash. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it Adam West Batman is in it. Oh. I think we have to watch Bart, it. Well, if he's in it, he's going to be a CGI character. If he was in it, I think I would have seen by now because I've seen the reshared of like the other versions of Superman and stuff that are in it so often just from osmosis. I, I think... Someone I know would have showed me Adam West Batman at this point. All right. If if any listeners have seen it, let us know, please. But I don't want to watch this movie, but whatever. Even if he's in it, the fact that they put George Reeves Superman in it is so gross. Oh, it's like because like he killed himself because he couldn't get away from being Superman. And then they have like his digital corpse parading around in this horrible like movie. Like it just it's I it's so gross. It's like I think we talked about it not in this podcast, but like Peter Pan being the bad guy in the Chip and Dale movie and the way they did it, like really isn't it? Like I don't like it when you know like the real life stuff. Oh, I I don't know. I didn't finish that movie. Well, all right. So real quick, the it, the character in the movie is the bad guy because uh, he grew out older and then they stopped casting him in things, so he's like a washed up actor. The actor that played Peter Pan's like voice actor in the Disney movie was like in a lot of Disney productions. And then he got older, stopped being cute, 
So they stopped casting him and things and he couldn't get work and like washed up. And then he also eventually killed himself. So it's like when you're having that same story and now it's just the bad guy. It's like uh, with the same character. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like <coughs> that, kind of, well, that kind of stuff bugs me. But at least they didn't like use like a deep fake of his voice. You know, it was just Will Arnett playing him. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is happening, though. AI can, like, recreate voices. Yeah, I hated Grand Moff Tarkin and stuff in Rogue One, like... Uh, and that's the beginning. Like, you can just recast, like, whatever. Or don't have that character in the movie. You already had, like, a stand-in for him anyway. I hated Rogue One. That's all of the conversation, but... Well, I don't know. It's almost like uh, maybe we need... Uh, fresh entertainment. And... Yeah, we need new ideas. Like, as much as I love Batman and the constant reinterpretations of him and things, like, if we didn't get any new Batman movies for, like, 10 years at least, I don't think I would even notice. Yeah, I mean, long... I I don't care if there's never another Batman movie ever again. Yeah, unless they do something weird. Like, Lego Movie was really fun. Lego Batman, like, specifically... Like, he was fun in the Lego movie, and the Lego Batman movie was really fun. It was, like, something different that I haven't seen before. Yeah, well, even that. I mean, that was nice for sure, but, like, all right. Like, we're about to hit the 100th anniversary of Batman. Like, yeah, there's plenty. Like, I will never be able to consume. I mean, I guess I could if I wanted to, but that's the point. I don't want to consume all the Batman material that exists. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so many, like, cartoons and stuff I've not watched and I'm not really planning on watching. And just, like, I don't know. It's, like, I think uh, maybe it's time for... We are talking about something completely different. Yeah, yeah, But anyway, people yeah, well... need to go to other sources besides, like, Warner Brothers and Disney to get new fresh ideas for entertainment yeah i i it's crazy that like the top this is the first time in um i forget how long it was a long time at least a decade where the top three grossing movies weren't sequels or like franchise movies now granted they were two of them were pop culture but it's like barbie oppenheimer and super mario brothers like they aren't movie sequels even though barbie and mario are already like pre-established brands but like, it's the first time in like decades that that's happened. And it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, say what you will about those movies. I wasn't high on Super Mario Brothers, but like, you know, it was fine. It was something different. I haven't. The only other Mario Brothers movie we had was the the live action one in the nineties. You know, and I definitely understand why people wouldn't like that movie. I don't. It's sick. Oh, I love it. I think. I think it's at least interesting to discuss and like, it's not boring to watch in my opinion, but, um, but I definitely, I, I get why people don't like it. It's a bad adaptation of Mario brothers, but like, I think it's an, I, it's a blade runner for kids. Like you got to watch it like that, you know, and not so much like, uh, it's not doing the super Mario brothers story justice. There is no super. I, I know that's a, that's a different conversation too. I also don't really love, the story that they told in the illumination one which was no story but that's a different conversation too but there was mario kart scott anyway 
Yeah, um, I have an episode of my other podcast, Love Up and Friends, where we talk about Super Mario Brothers movie in depth exclusively. So go listen to that. And we'll catch you back here. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Yeah.